Amen. Did anybody wake up this morning knowing that the God that they serve is good, that he's worthy of all of our praise and all of our worship and all of our honor? I'll tell you, it doesn't matter what we're going through. It matters who we belong to. And we belong to Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And we came to celebrate and lift up that name that's above every name. Can we give him praise one more time? Clap our hands this morning. He's able. He's good every time. Listen, we want to welcome you here. We believe you made a great choice this morning to be in the house of God. We believe you're going to walk out of here with your your faith strengthened and encouraged. And it doesn't matter what we're going through today. We're going to know that it's more important who we belong to. We're glad that you're here this morning. We welcome you. If you're a visitor here today, we want to tell you something that is from the bottom of our hearts. We believe that you're home today. We believe that you found a church that you can be involved in, that you can get your family involved in, that you can grow in and your family can grow in Christ and being a part of what God is doing. If you are new or you've been new over the last few weeks, we have a meet and greet immediately following this service down in the bookstore. And in case you didn't know, the bookstore is incredible. If you haven't been down there and seen some of the books and the music that they have down there, you need to get down there and check that out, all of us. But we want to meet you as, as the pastors to do this meet and greet. So if you're new and you just want to just get plugged in, our pastor, he desperately wants to meet you and get to know you. Immediately following this service, you can head down to the bookstore and be a part of that. We are glad that you're here. So if you would today, would you get out of your seats and welcome one another into God's house this morning?
He is Lord. He is God. He's my healer. He's my protector. <laughs> and I love to sing about the spirit of the living God. Fall fresh in the
God, the scriptures that teach us that wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, you said there you would be in our midst. So we know that you're here, that you're here among us. We honor your presence today and we thank you. Spirit of the living God. sitting in the, the room on the same night that he was betrayed. He wanted to give his disciples something so that they would never forget that their salvation, their experience, their eternal life, the gift that God has given to them, that it was forever etched in their hearts and lives that it comes directly from him. That you and I, we can't save ourselves, we can't buy our way in, be good enough. How many of you know that not one of us is righteous enough to go to heaven, to deserve it, not within ourselves. See, if you come here and you're visiting with us today, you've got, the world gives you a wrong impression about some churches. We don't have a misconstrued idea that we are perfect. We have been literally just washed and forgiven and given another opportunity, a do-over, if you will. We've been given a chance We've been given a gift, and that gift is eternal life because we understand and know that our salvation comes through only one source, and that is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. When He comes in the room, He changes everything. All you, half of you didn't hear me just then. You're thinking about other things. When He comes in the room, it changes everything. Everything. The power of God turns us upside down, changes us. We're a person one way and we come to Christ and we're a completely new creature, the Bible says. A new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things become new. So you hold the elements in your hand. Jesus being incredibly intelligent, the master of literature, wanted to make sure that it was put within our words that you hold with you, the Bible, the scriptures that you cherish place in there where he would take you back to the night that he was betrayed and as he goes through this story Paul writes and says hey don't take this don't don't take this lightly don't take this casual this is not just a ritual or a ceremony that's being created by some preacher or some denomination somewhere some church that configured up something symbolically so that they could get another offering out of you no Jesus walked into that upper room, looked his disciples in the face, and they were full of mystery, curiosity. They were nervous. They were panicked. They were wondering, what's happening? What, why is he talking about leaving? Why is he talking about death and resurrection? What, where is he going? And Jesus looked at them with these eyes. 
the Bible later describes him his eyes is a flame of fire he looks at them and he reaches down and he takes the bread and he breaks it in half he folds it up and he gives thanks and then he takes the cup and they're wondering what is he going to do what is this about Paul said don't take it casually what you're fixing to go through just now what you're holding in those elements in your hand don't, don't take them lightly don't hold them as if some church told you to do this or some preacher told you to Jesus did Paul said examine your heart and get ready for what you're fixing to do I want us to take just a moment and just understand what Jesus did for you on the cross and how his blood saved your life not only tra transformed and changed you here but has given you the hope of eternal life there that you can step from this life into that life and you are forever going to be in the presence of God would you take just a moment to prepare your heart for communion today As they were looking at Jesus and they picked up that bread and they wondered what is he going to do Jesus broke it gave thanks and looked into his disciples faces as he said this is my body it's broken for you as often as you eat this bread remember what I've done for you and then he shared and gave each one of them a piece of the bread so in reading scripture this morning, I want to share that with you as we take communion together. The unleavened bread is represented in this small tablet, or the, the I'm telling you, 2,000 years ago, it's such a beautiful piece of bread. He broke it and he looked at them and I read from scripture for Paul writing. It says, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. thankful today that you came, you left heaven, you left the throne of God, you left there to come and be our Savior, <coughs> you walked this earth, you gave your body physically to living a sinless and spotless life here as an example so that you could carry the burdens of our sin and you took those to the cross and you were beaten and marred, the Bible tells us marred as no man was ever marred. Bible tells us you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon you, and by your stripes we're healed. We thank you that you gave your body, Lord. That you came and you sacrificed. And then it says, after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
now, Lord, we thank you for the blood. We thank you that though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. We thank you that through your blood sacrifice, every transgression, iniquity, sin of our lives, everything is covered and washed away. We thank you for the gospel, the message of Christ who went to the cross and died and rose again on the third day. We honor you. We bless you. We remember. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. How many of you know Jesus is coming very soon? He's coming soon. Don't you dare get sidetracked. Don't you get off track. You keep your eyes centered on that eastern sky. If you want to know where he's coming, check out east on your car compass when you get in it this afternoon. The Bible says in the eastern sky, he's going to split the sky wide open. He's going to stand there and there, a trumpet will sound. The Bible says, for the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is the scripture. That is the teaching that lets us know the Lord is coming. He's coming for his church. How many of you are ready to go this morning? Amen. Amen. My heart is that before the end of the service, maybe one, maybe two, maybe someone else will be able to say that they are now ready for the soon appearing and coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to say, I'm going to go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Special needs. In our first service, we had a young couple that was here. Our, our pastors are going to come into the altar, and as they do, I want you to feel led as we begin to pray. I want you to feel led to come into the altar, and if you'd like special prayer, they'll believe with you. The Bible says in James chapter 5, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil, praying the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick. So we believe in praying with you about your needs. But we had a couple in our first service. I, I would have loved to have asked them to stay for the second service so that you could pray with them, but I want you to help me, and we're going to pray for them right now. Christy and Ryan Breedlove, if you've kept up with them on Facebook, then you know that Ryan is a 32-year-old young man. He's got three baby boys, him and his wife, Christy. Christy grew up in this church, and, and she's part of the Hawthorne uh, clan. Her mom and dad are Kim and John Hawthorne. Christy married uh, Ryan nine years ago. I married them, and it was an honor to be able to do that, and, and they're just a wonderful, beautiful couple. But he was having a pain and thought maybe he was having appendicitis and went to the doctor and thought they would just, you know, maybe they might take him to the hospital, get his appendix out or, or at least give him, you know, some prescription for ice cream or something. And the doctor gave him news that had devastated this family, this young man, has esophageal cancer and an inoperable tumor that is set at the base of his esophagus stage three or four at this point of cancer. This young man is devastated. I've met with them. I've cried with them. I've prayed with them. And many others are, are believing and standing with them as well from our church, their family, the community. As a coach, the children's ball teams, and they're all standing with them. But I told them yesterday, I said, one thing I want you to know for sure, that your church family is going to walk with you every step of the way. We're going to be with you. Right now, the, the operation is out of the question. So they're looking at other kinds of wellness and therapies and treatments. So we want to pray. But you know, here's what I said to them. I said, we 
we look at the doctor's reports and that's a little glim for us, a little gloomy. But we believe in another report. The Bible says, whose report will you believe? I'll believe in the report of the Lord. I believe in healing. See, we believe in teach and healing. But not only do we believe it and teach it, but we have seen it. How many of you have experienced the healing power of Jesus Christ in your life? I have. Never forget the Sunday morning. I was bent over for two weeks. Three of the vertebrates in my back were bulging, and I was told I was going to have to have surgery. And it was at the 8.30 service. I was standing here, and Gary was on the keyboard, and he looked over at me, and he was tears dripping down his face. And he said, Pastor, I just believe the Lord wants to heal you. And I stood there and looked at him, and I got choked up. And I, next thing I know, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you know how some people will say, I'm holding the Lord to his word. It wasn't like that at all. As a matter of fact, I'm a little afraid to do that. I think he is a God of his word, and we don't have to worry about him. We don't have to tell him what to do. But he whispered into my ear, and I've over and over again, the scriptures that came flooding through my mind that he is a healer. And he whispered in my ear, and he said, I'm holding you to my word. Believe it. Believe it. And I want you to know I stepped up to the pulpit that 8.30 morning. Many people were in that service. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something hot hit the back of my neck, went down through my back. And to this day, I've not had one issue with that back. Those three vertebrae, not another time. God healed me instantly in that moment. And it wasn't a secret healing. It was right there in front of the whole, everybody who was at that service that night. That's just one example of the many, many people. I'm looking at Ron, who is an absolute miracle. Should be dead, but he's alive here on a Sunday morning. And God has healed and touched his, his body physically. So many all over this building who have experienced the healing power of God. And so we know it's possible. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. And I want you to help me pray for Ryan and Christy Breedlove. We're going to believe God for a miracle for him. But we're also, we're praying for uh, Sister Helen Carpenter, who's not here today. Brother Phil doesn't know, hardly know how to act without his pretty wife sitting there right beside of him. But she uh, suffered over the weekend some, some symptoms that led her doctor to send her by squad to the hospital. She was there for several days, and she's resting at home right now. Uh, we're believing that God's going to continue. I believe the Lord has already touched her, but we're going to believe that God's going to continue to heal and minister to her need as well. How many of you would say, Pastor, I have a need in my life and my family, and I want God to heal and to touch and to bring deliverance? Answered prayers all over this congregation. I'm looking over at Brother and Sister Turner, Liberta, and Eldon. We're praying for you. Sister Roxy Gilbert went on to be with the Lord this last week, and we are so, our hearts are broken for her and the commitment that you and her had for, I, I tried to ask you how many years y'all had been in children's ministry serving, and my goodness, I think y'all lost count somewhere around 50, something like that. Who knows how many years they served faithfully. Sister Roxy is in heaven, but Sister Liberta, her sister, and Brother Eldon are here with us today, and we love you, and we're praying for you, and we know that God is with you. Also, I see Sister Rella stayed around for service number two. She's here today. Rella Robinson, we have to let you know as a church family that Brother Gene Robinson went on to be with the Lord this weekend. He is a man. He is happy as he could possibly be. There ain't a sadness anywhere near him. You know, it's an empty chair here, but man, he is shouting. And, and I remember the way he'd get blessed. Man, you'd know it when he got blessed. I can imagine he hadn't stopped shouting since he got there. This minister of the gospel, this pastor, 
who served the Church of God so many different years. He and Sister Robinson, pastors of, of churches and started and church planted and, and did all kinds of wonderful things for the kingdom and had, had settled here at Stratford Heights and been with us for many years. And we, we love him and honor the gentleman as he's went on to be with the Lord. His service will be this coming Tuesday. Um, I believe the visitation is from 12 to 1, and then the service will be at 1 o'clock here at the church. So want to make you aware and, and know that Sister Rilla is here. Let's continue to pray for her and the family. A lot of the Robinsons are here today. And I see Brother Charles Robinson back there too, sitting next to Brother Sister Beulah. Brother Charles, welcome back home, man. This guy, he's, he watches us faithfully all the time. He's a member, has been here 155 years. So he uh, he's able to be with us in service today, and it's an honor to see him. I'd like you to welcome Brother Charles into the service. We love you, brother. Every time I see him, he never fails to tell me that he prays for me. So I'm thankful for you. Glad to see you in church today. Let's go before the Lord with these prayers. And he said, if you'd like special prayer, please feel free to make your way into the altar now. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we bring these petitions. Knowing that you are a God who answers prayer, I pray that you will touch and minister to every hand that was lifted up in this congregation. Lord, you know every circumstance. You know every heart, every life, every battle that's being fought. And so, Lord, we are praying right now for the victory, for the triumphant power of God to be at work in every situation. We bring these deeds to you and know that we bring them to a God who is able, that nothing is impossible with you. We thank you, Lord. And I pray that you will minister to Sister Helen Carpenter as she's watching now online. Minister healing and strength to her body physically. Be with her, God, and touch her. Complete the work that you've already started in healing her body physically. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, giving you honor and glory. We praise you, God, for these homegoing, the, the folks that have went on to be with the Lord. We know they are celebrating in your very presence, even in this very moment. We pray that you will touch and minister to their families. Bring comfort to Sister Robinson, to the Turners. God, be with them. Comfort them. Be with them, Lord, with your peace and in your grace. I thank you for the Holy Spirit and the touch of your power upon their lives. We give them to you today and thank you for the celebration of the lives, the legacies that were left with those who trusted in you. Lord, this is our hope and confidence. And Lord, we give you honor and praise. We thank you, Lord, for your work. Now we pray for Ryan and for Christy Breedlove. We pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would raise this young man up to be a miracle, that there would be a testimony of the power of Almighty God in his life. We're praying and believing God for the supernatural to take place. We are believing, Lord, that you are going to intervene and you will negate every negative doctoral report. Your report will show that he's been healed, that he's been delivered, and that he is a testimony to the power of Almighty God. And we give you the praise and we thank you for it today in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, we honor you, we bless you. Everyone in this house today that's fighting sickness, anyone else who might be fighting cancer, we rebuke it and come against it today, pleading the blood of Jesus Christ over disease and sickness in the name of the Lord. May the glory of the Lord arise and shine on every heart and life that believes and knows in the power of Almighty God. It will never fail to give you the glory, to give you the honor, to give you all the praise, for it's in the name 
that is above every other name, the name that brings deliverance, the name that brings healing, the name that brings power into every life. And we thank you for it, God, in the name of Jesus. And everyone together said amen. Let's put our hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. you believe he hears us? I believe he hears us this morning. I'm so thankful and I'm looking for good reports. Let's keep the faith. The Bible says whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are a good report, think on these things. I want us to stay focused on the good, good word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for being here today. Well, I want to say thank you to all of those uh, Pastor Richard is on vacation, and I'd say a well-deserved vacation after last week, the Family Fun Fest. Didn't he do a good job, him and Mary Dunn leading? Of all times for me, to, somebody asked me about what's this on my face. I, uh, I had five days of over 100-degree temperature flu, and uh, I wasn't touching my face for nothing. So when I got done with it, I was like, eh, we'll see what happens. But I don't like the references little kids are giving me to Santa Claus. 
What's up with that? I said something this morning about red hair, and somebody looked at me after service, and they said, there ain't no red hair in you, but you're living in a fantasy world. You're white. <laughs> so uh, they're no longer members here. But uh, <laughs> I, I was able to watch uh, from my sickbed last week, Several days, laryngitis, couldn't even speak, couldn't even open my mouth. Uh, some of my family members thought that was the delightful gift, but uh, um, just kidding. But wow, I was able to watch a lot through Facebook Live and see all the fun and all of the people that were here in the community uh, that was here and present. So happy. They're telling us somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 people were here over the last weekend. <laughs> Amen. I think that's wonderful. So happy and uh, so proud of our church, our staff, everybody kicked in, and uh, it was just wonderful to, to see all that come together. I hope you were able to be here and be a part um, of all years that they would bring kangaroos, and I am not here, but thank you. My church family loves me. I received no less than almost 30 different pictures of that kangaroo, so many of you wanted wanted me to know that we had that and uh, that was awesome so I'm thankful for everyone who served and again um, all the volunteers it was a great week our ushers are coming to serve you as they do today we're reminded that we are blessed amen we're blessed the old song says when I wake up in the morning Till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed, I am blessed. Oh, come on. Well, I am, I am blessed. I am know it. I'm blessed this morning. Amen. Well, good, because I'm going to be preaching about breakthrough blessing in just a few moments. But we, we are blessed today, and I'm thankful for what God is doing and how he's blessing our church. So many new people who are coming and people that are getting involved, not just here, but just get involved and be here. And I'm so thankful for all that God is doing in our church. So we give today, we practice what we preach. All the loose offering uh, does not stay here, but every dollar, every dime goes to world missions. Our missionaries that we support on the field in Eastern and Western Europe, South America, Africa, Australia, Alaska, many different places that we support missionaries. And we just take the offering and we divide it up and send it to every one of them, keep nothing. I'm not going to be a pastor who teaches and preaches to you that we need to give in order for it for us to be given back to if the church isn't practicing what it preaches. So we give in these offerings. I've had many, many ministers and fellow friends who would say, do you really give your two morning offerings away? I'm like, yeah, we have traditionally for many, many, many years. He said, how in the world do you survive? And I'm like, you know what? I'd be afraid not to do it. 
we survive and God takes care of us when we give the two morning offerings away to missions and we support missionaries around the world. I've learned that God's word is true. If you give, it'll be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give in to your bosom. I believe the word of God. So we don't, you know, I've often, people think I'm the strangest pastor ever because I don't want your, your, your offerings, I don't want those if you give them grudgingly. If you don't understand what we're talking about, then you just keep it. Get you some ice cream later. You might need that more than you deserve. But if you understand the truth of God's word, then you're like me. You've come ready to give. I've been giving since I was a small boy, and I will never stop. Long before I ever became a pastor, I learned the value, the treasure of paying my tithe and giving to missions and giving offerings. It's a truth that we need to live by and we need to understand. That's, I believe that's how God sustains me. I believe it's how he blesses me and keeps me in a place where I can bless others. I believe that for you as well. Let's pray. Father, as we come, we thank you for the gift. We thank you for those who are faithful to pay their tithe in obedience to your word. This is their storehouse. Thank you for their obedience and faithfulness. And I pray that you will touch as we give now our loose offering to all of our missionaries. I pray that you will bless them, that you will use us to minister to a need that they have. And God, may it be sufficient for building the kingdom of God up all around this world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it and we pray.
Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. If you're able to stand, I want you to stand. I want you to understand what's happening right here. Do you know, every now and again, we got to change our mindset. Say amen or oh me. Sometimes we got to change our mindset. You know, I'm tired. I came in here and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, that's sweet. That's good. Oh, that's precious. But they started singing excellent, incredible, omnipotent, infallible. We praise you. And I pictured myself standing right there at the great white throne. The elders and the number of them, 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands of thousands say with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain. I'm hearing that in my head. I'm standing there and I'm thinking, God, let us sing that. Excellent. Incredible omnipotent, infallible, God Almighty, God Almighty, when Jesus steps up there right center stage and the Father is honoring the Son for what He's done and the Holy Spirit is all around and I don't know how it's going to look, I don't know what flashes of light, I know God likes light and I think He likes water fountains. I think there'll be a lot of water fountains. It'll all be up and it'll all be shining and it'll all be going. And there Jesus steps up and, and the angels are, are worshiping and the cherubs and they're worshiping and they're all up there doing their thing. And Jesus is going to kind of give one of these things. He, he taught Moses how to do this. He's going to ask him to kind of part a little bit. Next thing you know, the angels of God are going to step aside. And all of a sudden the heralding anthem of the church amazing grace will start to play in the background as the children of the redeemed kinsmen the lord's redeemed family the ones that god gave to him all of a sudden a little shy as we're all i'll be in that number i'll be standing there and we'll all be ushered and they'll say and oh gabriel might look over and say yeah i guess he's calling for you guys and as he parts and he says bring my bride Bring my bride. And as we come walking, marching right up through center stage, ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, don't you dare let people and don't let things and circumstances, don't you let this life and all of its weight and stress, don't you dare let that cloud your vision. The glory of the Lord is ready to descend upon you and I as we open up our hearts and minds to the wonders of that moment when we stand in his presence. It's real. You and I standing in the presence of the Lord is real. I can't wait until I see for myself hair, hair white like wool, eyes as a flame of fire, and his feet like a burned in a furnace with bronze. I can't wait until I see the Lord Jesus Christ for myself. Hear him cry out my name. I can't wait. And I'm not going to let this life, I'm not going to let the stress of this life, hear me. 
Some of you are so burdened down, weighted down by the cares of this world, you've made this stuff the most important priority in your life. Lay it down. Let it go. You're a child of the Most High and living God. You're a daughter of the King. You're a son of the Prince of Peace. You belong to God. You may not be much here. There may not be too many folks clamoring for an appointment with you. But let me tell you something. You've got heaven's attention. You've got heaven's attention. President may not know who you are. The government here in Ohio may not know who you are. Your doctor may put you off for two or three weeks before he'll see you. But when you woke up this morning, Jesus Christ was standing over you. That power of the Holy Ghost was right there with you. And he's with you now. And guess what? You are blessed. You are blessed. You are highly favored. You are favored of the Lord. You are covered in the grace of God. You are covered in the grace of God. Lift your hands in honor of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 We honor the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's put a seal on this worship that's happening here in this moment. We honor your presence, Holy Ghost. We believe, and if you're not familiar with us, we're a Pentecostal church. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit in operation in the church. And what I believe and what the Lord has spoken to me is that he has put a, a seal of approval over our worship. I want you to lift your hands and honor the presence of God. God is here. God is here. You don't have to get his attention. You don't have to make a phone call. He's here right now. If you ever wanted to talk to God, if you ever wanted to, to be in the presence of Jesus, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way to the end of the age. He's here in this building right now. You don't have to go to Rome. You don't have to go to a, a, another uh, headquarters somewhere. You don't have to go to Washington. You can right now begin to speak, and Jesus is right here to hear your prayer. Lord, we honor your presence that's here with us right now. In the name of Jesus. One day very soon, he's going to come for his church. He's coming to receive you and I into his presence. Boy, everything will change then. But in the meantime, he wants us to start acting like, walking like, talking like, acting like we are sons and daughters of God. He wants you and I to know who we are, not in ourselves. My righteousness is as filthy rags. 
I can't do anything stupendous or outstanding in myself, but I found in Philippians 4 and 13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than triumphant through Him. I'm victorious in every battle. Not some battles, every battle, Elaine. I'm victorious. Every battle. I belong to the king. I belong to God. When I walk out of here today, I go to the restaurant. I don't think of myself more highly than I ought to, but I do walk in saying, if I walk in this restaurant, favor, blessing, and grace walks in this restaurant too. I want us to understand in the next few minutes that I've got, I want, to, I want you to understand who you are in Christ. So that the devil will not get an advantage over you. So he will no longer beat you down and leave you in the alley of discouragement. So that he will no longer try to defeat a child of God. It's like walking into Buckingham Palace and trying to make Prince William go shop at Walmart. That was pretty good. He wants you to live like you a pauper. He wants you to live like you a red-headed stepchild. He wants you to live like you a, a beggar, like you in the, the bad part of town, and you ain't got no right to lift your head. But you need to understand something. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been purchased and bought with a price. And God has got favor and blessing and strength over your life. Man. Somebody says, well, he gets pretty, he gets pretty excited don't he you better believe it i've seen people get excited over all kinds of things publishers clearinghouse checks and everything else under the sun i'm excited about the fact that my jesus did a slam dunk on the devil and he conquered death hell and the grave and bought a ticket into heaven for me so i'm pretty excited pardon me while i shout Amen. Pardon me while I get excited. I better read a scripture because some of you are going, yeah, can we sit down? All right. Blessed is the man, Psalms 1 and verse 1 and verse 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. How many of you know the Lord wants you and I to get planted, get stable? He wants us to get established. He wants us to quit vacillating back and forth like the proverbial wind blowing. He wants you and I to be solid plant tree that's planted by the waters. That brings forth fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. And now listen, now this is not talking about somebody else, it's talking about you. If you belong to the Lord, if you are his son, his daughter, listen to what it says next. Number one, it started off, verse one, blessed is the man, say I'm blessed. You are blessed. It ends with verse three here and it says, and whatever he does shall prosper. Sometimes we get so caught up in all 
the doctrines of the church that we negate some of the treasures of the scripture. I don't follow man, but I do follow God's word. And he says I'm blessed and that he is going to prosper everything I do when I stay connected and obedient to him. Next verse of scripture is Acts chapter 19 verse 11. Talk about the kind of transference of anointing, the, the anointing that's to rest on our lives. We, we walk around like we're just Christians. We pay our tithe, we do our attendance, we clock in, and we wear our nice outfit, and we go to church, and we serve maybe for an hour or two hours, and then we go back and we think that's all, we're, that's our purpose. But God wants to, with the favor and the blessing and the grace that is over your life, he wants to use you, to anoint you. He wants you to be a powerful force for the kingdom. He does not intend for you to sit back and do nothing while the rest of the body of Christ is moving towards the rapture of the church. He wants his, his bride, his body, he wants us busy doing work and he is going to empower you to do it. I hope you'll leave here today and you will be more empowered and more in tune with the desire to be used of God than you have ever been used in your life. Listen to what happened with Paul. Now God worked unusual miracles. Oh, you ain't hearing me. I would think any miracle is unusual, impossible. My God. Now God worked according to the supernatural miracles that are normal. He worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And diseases left them. And the evil spirits went out of them. Oh my goodness. Man, do I feel the presence of the Lord. power of God. Everywhere they took one, they gave it. Jesus left. Evil spirits departed immediately. Everywhere they went. Oops, there you go. Everywhere they went. I wish I had enough to just give everybody one. Maybe I'll have one next week. You came here for this. I'm going to give you one. Won't you take that right there? Give one to Sister Dewey. Sister Faith here. In Jesus' name. Everywhere they went, power the anointing, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere they went, they were favored, they were blessed. They walked into a room, it got completely lit up. Man, everything changed the moment one of the children of God walked in the room. Every time they opened up the door and walked in somewhere, something supernatural took place and happened. Amazing. 
power of God. You wonder why we have these. Some of you may be questioned. Why do we have these prayer clauses? and people come down and we anoint them? It's from this very scripture right here. Anointing with oil. This little prayer cloth. And we believe that the unusual miracles that will happen at the hand of Paul can still happen today. It can still take place today. As a matter of fact, I need one of these right here. I'm going to put it in my pocket. And then we jump down to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to let you sit down in just a second. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, could stop right there. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? The disciples said, Lord, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? He looked around to see who it was who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole, made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. If you'll know where you stand today, if you'll have any idea who you are, daughter, son, if you have any idea who you are, then you, like her, will walk away from this service today and you will be empowered and know that you walk in an anointing, you walk in healing, and you walk ready to make a difference. And all you and I need to do is get close enough to touch something that's been in touch with him. Amen. Father, ask your blessings on the word of God. Touch us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. And Lord, give me supernatural ability to cover many, many, many pages in just a few minutes. blessed. You are favored. You walk in grace. You've been covered. Turn to somebody and say, I'm blessed this morning. And you're not blessed by, by superficial, fickle means. You, we, we, as human beings, we tend to put God on a human level. I mean, that's what the children of Israel did when they made him a into a golden calf and they worshipped him and Aaron presented him to everybody and said here he is Jehovah who delivered you from Egypt and it was this silent empty golden calf sitting on an altar and they wanted to make him a god they could, could, they could manage, they could talk to, they could dance around, they could have a ceremony with they could take pictures and selfies with they wanted a god that they could manage and sometimes while we get on them and we think that what they did was horrible, we do the same thing we put God on this very small level. We put him in, in, in the mode of, of humanity. And we think of God in terms of, of the way humans treat us and the way our fathers treated us or our mothers treated us. And that, that's the wrong idea about God. It's wrong thinking. 
when you think about God who made the heavens and the stars and the planets and gave you and I life and breathed that life into us, who literally made the stars and all of the planets and all the universe to flow like it is and the earth to turn like it does. I mean, it is amazing that that same God is here in the house this morning. That's amazing to me. But we treat God sometimes like, you know, well, I hope he'll come through. Well, I hope he hears us. Well, I prayed this morning, you know, I just, I just hope that something changes. We put, that's putting God on this level that it's human, that's fickle, that's unfaithful. A God that we can manipulate, control. That's not how he is at all. It reminds me of the story of a little Catholic boy. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to tell this one, but it's so good I got to. A little Catholic boy is at a school and there's all these nuns and they were talking about, you know, prayers and, and they encouraged all the boys to pray. And this little boy raised his hand and says, I, I want a bicycle. And the woman looked at him knowing he was one of the worst ones in the bunch. She said, well, well listen here, Arnold. She said, when you get by your bed tonight, you get down on your knees and you pray to the Lord. And you say, Lord, if you'll give me a bicycle, I'll be good for six weeks. He said, all right. So he got down by his bed and he said, Lord, if you buy me a bicycle, if you give me a bicycle, I will be good for six, six weeks. Scratch that. Lord, if you give me a bicycle, I'll be good for four weeks. I can't be good for four weeks. That's a, that's a month. <clears throat> Lord, scratch that. If you get me a bicycle, I promise you I'll be good for two weeks. can't be good for two weeks. I looked around the room. I saw over the corner a statue of the Virgin Mary. He went over, wrapped up a bed sheet, got over there, wrapped her up, took the statue, put it under his bed, got down and cleared his throat and said, <clears throat> dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again. thought it was funny too. <laughs> Thank God he's not like humans. He's not like us. He's God and he's good. He's just. He's faithful. He's full of compassion. He is God and he's, he's good to his word. He blesses us because he's God. Because he loves us unconditionally. Man, the idea of unconditional love is foreign to humanity. But let me tell you, God knows the kind of love that says he loves you now, in this moment, just like he did when the doctor placed you in your, mo in your mama's lap at the hospital. When you were barely able to open your eyes, you were, everybody loved you, everybody was taking photos of you. You were the thing. God loved you. You were the gift of life. And I got to tell you, he loves you through the good, the bad, the ugly, all through your life, just the same today as he did then, because that's unconditional love. I love what we sang this last Thursday night with Lee University Campus Choir. They sang a song, said, there's nothing so dirty that God can't make worthy. Talking about humanity, talking about us. Nothing so far gone that God can't clean up and make good as new. 
that's our God. So it's a done deal. I'm blessed. If I'm a child of God this morning, I'm covered in favor and blessing and grace. I walk in it every day of my life. You walk in it every day of your life. It isn't all based on your circumstances. It's not based on how you feel on any certain day. It has nothing to do with that. Whether you got a headache or you don't have a headache, you're blessed and you're favored everywhere you go. You may have lost your job, but if you did, you lost your job walking in favor. Because God is going to take care of you because you belong to him. You're never outside of his grace. You're never outside of his blessing. You're never outside of his favor. Of course, we, we know and we understand it, there was conditions that you walk in the crescent obedience, that you walk in the, 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 the power of God and you do those things. You, gotta, you and I have got to choose the Lord. But as we've chosen him, he chooses us. He blesses us. His love is unconditional. So we're not talking about a condition. Some people will say, well, you know what, I've got money in the bank this week. I'm blessed. Well, I'm driving me a pretty good car. You know, I'm thankful for the car I'm driving. The Lord's, he's giving me favor. They look at their circumstances. They look at the things around them. They look at all those things and they say, oh, there's the measure of how I'm blessed. I'm favored this week. Somebody loses their job. They say, well, you know, I don't know what happened. I must have lost the favor of God. The Lord's hand is off of me. I'm, I'm out here on my own. I'm in the 10-foot end of the pool and I'm drowning. I don't know what I did this week, but God just took his hand off. I mean, no, God don't do that. That's human. That's the way humans do. They like you one minute and don't like you the next. They're accepting you one minute, welcoming you the one minute, and then they're blackballing you and blacklisting you the very next. Humans do that. God don't do that. He is always the same. He never changes. His love is consistent and unconditional. So we're not talking about a condition. Your, your favor, your grace, your blessings, it's not a condition you're in. You can't look at someone's life and see what all is happening in their life and determine whether they're blessed or not. What you find is, is that you are in a position. Understand what I'm saying. It's not based on your condition. It's placed on where you are standing. When you are standing as a son or a daughter of God, then you are highly favored and blessed of God, and you are walking in grace. And the glory of God has risen upon you. You don't even know. You don't even know. Ever since Thursday night, the choir was talking about uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. See, what God is trying to do is God is trying to bring heaven to earth. He wants heaven to look like he He wants earth to look like heaven. He wants earth to start acting like heaven. He wants the children of God to start walking around like you're citizens of another country, like you belong somewhere else. He don't want you down in the gutters. He don't want you living in the, the streets and, and living a lifestyle that's wrong and nasty and bad. He doesn't want you 
struggling and fighting and wrestling with this world and its desires. He wants you to step up into the glory, step up into the grace, step up into the favor and the blessings of God. You ought to walk around like you own the place. You ought to walk around like you part of the kingdom and you're building up for the Lord. Now, with that comes a beautiful, beautiful humbleness in our spirit, a brokenness. can have an experience with God that resembles what Paul has went through, but we've got to get out of this wrong thinking. We've got to get out of this mentality that says, if I can see it, then I'll believe it. If I can hear it, then I'll know and I'll understand it. If I can smell it, then I'll know that something's being done. If I can taste it, then I'll know it's good. If I can touch it, then I know it's real. See, all of that is wrong, wrong thinking. You and I are supposed to just be able to look up into the heavens and declare, I am a child of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, a brother to the Lord himself, and I am blessed, favored, covered with grace. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So we've got to get out of this mindset that blessing and favor and grace is a condition, it's a position. It's got geography. Wherever you are, when you lay down on your head, your head on your pillow at night, you're blessed. When you wake up in the morning, you're, you're covered in grace. You're walking in that grace every day of your life. You aren't the same. You are, I don't want you to get a high head. I don't want you to get arrogant and conceited because all of those things, man, they take away the favor and blessing of God. They work against you. When you start getting all full of flesh and you feed the flesh dog and the spiritual dog dies, man, you've got to stay in this place where you're being fed and, and the Holy Spirit is working in you and through you. And we can get to that place like Paul was to where even on his deathbed as he's laying there, they're coming through and they're laying things on top of him, aprons and all kinds of stuff on him. And as he's laying there, they're cutting pieces of it. Send this over to the church at Ephesus. Send this one over to the church at Laodicea. They're asking for some claws. And then they take off on the Pony Express and get there. Right about the time they walk in the door, there he is. They grab hold of it. Immediately spirits are taken off and healing and de diseases are destroyed. In that moment, you and I, we have we talk sometimes like we want to be like Enoch. Man, I've, I've prayed that prayer many times. Lord, I want to be like Enoch. I want to just be here and was not because he took me. And I would really like it, especially about the time a cop pulls me over. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? But I think in my studies and all that I'm looking at, I really want to be like Paul. To where there's such an anointing on his life. Don't you want that? Don't you desire that there be such an anointing on your life that when you walk into the room, it lights up? When you walk into the room, people automatically feel the presence of God. You can walk into a, a death situation and suddenly people are comforted and there's peace that fills their heart. Don't you want to be someone who's so anointed that God uses you everywhere you go? We've got to get out of our stinking thinking. 
We've got to get out of the wrong kind of thinking and thoughts that carry us in the flesh. We've got to stop walking like we acting like everybody else. I'm telling you, I may reside in Lebanon, Ohio, but I am a citizen of heaven. And I belong to another country. And I am part of a monarchy. And my king is the king of all kings and the lord of all lords. And I want to live my life to be absolutely saturated in that anointing and to live out the glory of what he intends for me to live in as a child of God until I get there. I want to live every minute. I want to walk in it, move in it, function in it. I want to, when I go to the grocery store, I want to walk in the grocery store as a child of God, anointed of the Lord, looking for somebody that I can minister to. Now let me tell you, it's about an empowerment and a touch that comes from the Lord. See, I've seen these people walk around and say, yeah, yeah, I've got the gift of this and that. And I can heal you and I can make you a millionaire and I can do this. And, I, and those people bore me, scare me. I don't want anything to do with them. They can go and have their own little ministry in their own house and just have a kingdom if they want. I want the power of Jesus that's working through me. I want the power of the Holy Ghost working in me. Because I found that he knows way more than I do. He's much wiser than I am. And when he empowers me, I see miracles. As a matter of fact, they're unusual miracles that I see when I am powered by the Holy Spirit. I love what he does when he tells me at 11 o'clock at night to go get milk. I love when he tells me and guides me and directs my steps to go have a conversation with somebody I don't know. I love it when he causes me to be a part of praying a prayer over somebody who raises up and gets completely healed from a disease. I love it when he uses me in those ways. And I've learned a powerful lesson. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's his power, his glory, his credit, his honor, his praise. And when I stand before him, I'll cast my crowns at his feet. It won't be because I did it, but it'll be because he empowered me. Amen. Praise God. Glory to your name, Lord. We're living in this, we're living in this, this favor and this blessing. You're living it, you're walking it, you're breathing in it. You belong to heaven. Let him use you. Get out of your mulligrubs. Get out of your gloominess. Get out of that old sadness. You ain't a sad, you see. You're a child of the God, the living God. Rise up out of the, the clay and out of the mire and the pit. Rise up out of that garbage. You don't, you're not supposed to act like the world. You're not supposed to live like the world. You're not supposed to be all downtrodden like they are. You are supposed to have a spring in your step. You're supposed to walk around with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You're supposed to walk around with peace in your heart and mind and in your words. You and I are meant to live a totally different life. We're to live blessed, favored, and full of grace. Wow. Y'all wear me out. I don't need a gym membership. <laughs> Grace, you're living in the house you weren't supposed to have. You're working in the job you weren't supposed to be, you weren't supposed, you weren't qualified to work in. But you see, grace and favor and blessing got there before the other people did. You're living in grace. You're living in this favor and blessing of the Lord. 
Some people, man, they're, they're, well, I'll, I'll be better. I'll, I'll get better when I get through this trouble. Then, then I'll, I'll be walking in favor. Honey, if it turns out bad, if it doesn't turn out like you thought, you're still blessed, highly favored, and full of grace. Walk in it like you're a child of God. You're walking in it. You're walking in divine favor. There is no presence of trouble in your life that can destroy your potential for triumph. There is no trouble in your life can hold you back from the victory that is already yours through King Jesus. You have already been given a pass to go across the finish line and win the prize. You've already done it. The band is already playing. It's already been purchased. You have got the victory. So stop looking down and start looking up. They may not accept you on the horizontal, but you've been anointed on the vertical. And God has got his hand on your life. Amen. With that touch comes responsibility. we got to understand that it's, it's, it's faith to faith, person to person. I'm going to close. Gary, help me. I'll, 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 I'll land the plane, as Brother Orville said. We have a responsibility, you see. We're not supposed to just be saved and you know it, sit on the pew. We're to be transferring this anointing. We're a body. We're full of the power of God. We're, one's a hand and one's a foot and one's an eye and one's an ear. One's a mouth. We're all these pieces. All these things come together. We're part of the body of Christ. And we're to be moving, building up the kingdom of God, working together. I need you. You need me. You're not allowed to say we don't need somebody. You're not allowed to blackball anybody. You're not allowed to leave anybody out. We're all needed. I may be an ear and you may be an eye, but you can't work without me. You'll be bumping into walls everywhere if you can't hear what's coming down the, down the hallway. You've got to understand, we are working together. And the Bible says when we come together in unity, unusual miracles can take place. Powerful things can happen. You see, I believe that the Lord wants earth to start moving in a heavenly kind of realm. And so sometimes we got to shake ourselves. Because if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in the news. We'll get caught up in all the garbage. We'll start to be fearful. We'll start to be doubtful. We'll start to get discouraged. We'll start looking at one another. And we'll start putting all of our eggs in this basket and that basket and running here, running there. I'm telling you, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We got to keep our eyes on the prize. And as we do, letting go, letting those things that are behind, letting them go, pressing towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. As we do this, then we are guaranteed that the favor and the blessing of God, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I get there, he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I live to be accepted by the one who gave his life for me. I live to be accepted to the applause of heaven. I want that to be my goal and what I search after. So let go. Don't let things in this life 
bury you and hold you down. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it detour you from what you've got your purpose ready to get the kingdom ready for. You have got to stay focused on what you are doing for God. And if all it takes is a few knuckleheads to mess you up, if all it takes is a few people with a sour, rotten attitude to take you off track, then the devil will have a bus of them here next Wednesday. Rise above. Rise above it. When that woman reached through that crowd and touched the hem of his garment, she reached through that crowd. She said, it said, when she had heard about Jesus, she thought, if I can just get close enough, I don't have to go to him personally. You see, this parallels the centurion story. Really. He said, no, 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 you don't have to come to my house. My servant will be healed. I lead command groups, and if you just speak the word, it's done. She had the same mentality. She said, oh, no, see, I'm going to press through there because if I can just touch something that's touched him, if I can just get in touch with somebody who's been in touch with him, if I can just find somebody who knows what it's all about, if I can just find somebody who's anointed, someone who's, who's had his clothes on, somebody who I can get a hold of that has been in the presence of Jesus, if I can get a hold of that one, then I know I will be made whole. You and I have a responsibility to make sure we are living out what I call the, the garment ministry. We are the garments of we are, we are his clothes. And as we live and we work and we move, I want to walk down through the church and, you know, you, you hear me, I, I say we ought to be the best tippers in town. We, we ought to be the nicest employees, the, the most efficient. We ought to get those best jobs done. I think if we're children of God, we ought to shine everywhere we go. We ought to be an example at every place we are. I mean, family ought to think you are the best. Your husband and wife ought to say, man, I don't know how they are at church, but at home, they're walking on the mountaintop. Now, I know you'll have bad days, and you got those days where your breath smells bad, but you've got, you got to have an understanding that you are living every minute of your life in the favor and the blessing of God, and we ought to act like it, walk like it, talk like it, live like it. When I wake up in the morning, till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed, I am blessed, stand with me, every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, we started off this service today, we, we made mention that there might be someone, there might be somebody in this audience who has not yet accepted Christ into your life, you've not made yourself, you've not given yourself to Him and allowed Him to cleanse you, wash you, become your Savior. Maybe you don't know him as your Lord. Maybe you've walked away from him, been away from him for some time. Maybe you need to come back to him today. But if you're here and you'd say, all right, preacher, I know I need Jesus. I need him to be my Savior, my Lord, not just my mamas, not just my daddies, not just my, my wife or my husband. I need him for myself. If you're here today, we're going to make an altar out of the seat, the place where you're standing right now. 
is we are going to accept Christ. He, he is ready, waiting, waiting to fill your heart and to touch you today. We're going to pray a simple prayer. It's going to leave you standing right where you are. But now I'm telling you, all of heaven is going to change your life. It's going to come together for a beautiful, beautiful encounter. You'll never forget this day. If you'd accept Jesus into your life and you'd say, okay, I'll pray that prayer with you today, Pastor. I'm going to see a hand go up right back there. God bless you, sir. Is there anyone else? God bless you. Is there anyone else? I want to pray that prayer today. I want to accept Jesus. All right, these that have lifted their hands, maybe there's someone else that you didn't feel comfortable or you didn't lift your hand. I want you to feel like you can pray this prayer with us right now. But let's pray together. It's not words that will save you, but from your heart, this is a prayer that will. So pray this from your heart today, knowing that as you believe and you confess him, the Bible says you become a child of God. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I declare you're Lord. You're the Son of God. You died on the cross rose from the dead you bought my salvation now be the Lord of my life I confess you with my mouth and I believe in my heart so according to your word I am saved in Jesus name Amen Amen praise God God bless you Cameron we're gonna help you sir and if you're new to the church, we just wanted to meet you at the meet and greet down at the bookstore. Also, if you're a part of the Shalom Ministries to the Homeless, there is a meeting right now as soon as church is over in the choir room. So if you're participating in that, we love you. God bless you. Can we pray real fast? God, we love you. We thank you for all you've done today. Seal up that good work that you've done in us. Protect us. Thank you, God. We're blessed in you today. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Thank you for coming today. God bless you.